theyeshiva.net. Okay, this new Mimer is from the Kutta Torah, the section of Shehashirim. Dafnam Ches Amad Beis, the second column, page 95. Its opening is not on a Pasuk, usually it's on a Pasuk, but it's on a Mimer Chazal, very interesting Mimer Chazal, an argument in Meseches Ksuvis, the second parak, the beginning of the second chapter of Mesech Ksuvis, Ksuvis, Daf Yud Zayin Amad Aleph. Actually, Ksuvah stuff to Zayin Amad Beis, and then continues Dafid Zayin Amad Aleph, known as Toner Abonan Ketzad Merak and Lifne Hakala. The Maimer was said under interesting circumstances. It wasn't said like a Shabbos, a Yonder was said at a Chasana. It was said at a wedding, it was placed into Shir Hashirim, because Shir Hashirim, of course, is the Sefer and Tanakh that describes very graphically and metaphorically the love between Hashem and the Jewish people, employing the metaphor of the two lovers, the Daidi and the doida, the groom and the bride, the young uh, man and the young woman who uh, have a very dramatic relationship throughout the eight chapters of Shia Hashirim. This moment was said at a chasana, and the chasana is actually well known in the history of Hasidim as the Zhlobin chasana. Zhlobin is a city in the Ukraine. It's called Zhlobin. Zhlobin with a Z, or in, in, in Yiddish it would be Zin, Zion Shin, Lamed Aleph Beis Yud Nun. It's a little city in the Ukraine. And uh, the Balatanya made a shidduch with Rebbe Yitzchak of Barditchev. Barditchev is also in the Ukraine. The Balatanya lived in a city called Liadi. It's a little Russian history. Liadi is in Belarus. The journey from Belarus to Ukraine is a long journey. Barditchev is in the Ukraine. So the question is where the wedding would be. This was a grandchild of the Alter Rebbe, the Balatanya, with a grandchild of Yitzchak Barditchev. Balatanya's son, Reb Doiv Ber, who succeeded him, he's known as the Mittler Rebbe. It was his child marrying a grandchild of the Baditshiva. So they decided to do the wedding midway between Liadi and Baditshiv, Zhlobin. So this was a chasana that happened actually in the month of Sivan, Tovkov Samach Zayin, which would be 1807. It was Parshas Nasai. Parshas Nasai, Tovkov Samach Zayin, 1807. Now, who heard there's going to be a weekend, a Shabbos? Today we would call it a weekend. They didn't probably call it a weekend. There's going to be a whole Shabbos with Hebleviitzak of Barditchev and the Balatanya marrying over their grandchildren. A lot, a lot of people came to the Chasana. There were no photographers for whatever reason. I never saw pictures in the magazines. But it was a Chasana to remember. So you had a whole Shabbos with the Barditchev, who was, you know, Tzadik Yisaid Oilam, and, uh, and the Balatanya. And the Balatanya then said many, many discourses. Many Maimorim over Shabbos, Friday, Shabbos, Shabbos Adai, Mitzvah Shabbos, I think Sunday also. At one of the moments, he said this Maimor that we're going to learn at that Chasana. And uh, it was recorded, it was written down by the people who heard the Maimor, like most of the Maimorim in the Torah, which were written down by his brother. He had a brother who would transcribe his teachings, or some of his children, or grandchild, Tzamach Tzadik, or others, or around five people who would write by him. So this was the Maimah that he said then in the year 1807, Tavkov Samach in the city of Zhlobin during the Chasana. The Chasana was on a Friday, which was pretty customary. They would do the Chasana, the Chuppah on Friday, and then the Suda of the wedding would be Friday night. The Kiddushan has to be before Shabbos, halalachically. But the Suda would be Friday night. Uh, the Suda, the dancing, whatever they would do, I mean, I don't know what the, the dancing they did, but uh, certainly the Suda was done Friday night. So, uh, so let's begin. He starts off with the Gemara Mesech Teksuvis Toner Rabbon on Ketzad Merak the Lifne Hakala. Beishamayim Rimkala Kamay Shehi Beisilu Lamrim Kala Nova Chasudan. 
It's a fascinating machlokes in Gemara. The Gemara asks the question in Ksuvah's Daftazayin, how do you dance in front of a kala? Meaning, when we dance at a wedding in front of the kala, what is it that we say? How do we dance? Bishamai says every bride should be praised according to who she is. In other words, you have to write specific graman for every kala <laughs> to use today's vocabulary. You have to bring out her unique virtues and qualities and characteristics, and that's how you praise her. No, I disagree. Generic. A generic gram for every bride in the world. Kala Nova Chasudu. This is a beautiful and gracious kala. It's a kala full of beauty and full of chesed, full of charm, full of kindness, full of grace. Now, the, the nigin, Ketzad Merakten, for some reason deleted the view of Bishama. I guess because Allah HaKebisilu. So that's why most people don't know the view of Bishama. They know. But really, there's another view. And the Gemara continues. The Gemara says that there was a debate between them. Shammai turned to Basil and says, I have a question. What if the Kala is not beautiful and not gracious? Sometimes that can happen. In the words of the Gemara, What if you're dealing with a person who's lame or blind? The Torah says, you're not allowed to lie. How could you lie? So Basilu responds to Bishamah and says, so let me ask you a question. If somebody goes to the marketplace and buys something, and it's, you, they bring it home to you, and they show it to you, you think it's horrible. But do you tell that to your wife? Do you tell your wife that it's the most horrible thing I've ever seen in my life? Or you say, wow, this is gorgeous. That's what the Baisal says. I think the Rashash said it's only if she can't return it. Yeah? If they could return it, then uh, you should say the truth. But if they can't return it, you say it's nice. A person's mind and mindset should be integrated with other people. That's the end of the Gemara. At first glance, it's very difficult to understand. Bishamah has a gotaina. You're allowed to lie just to be politically correct. And Basil's response is very strange. What Basil seems to be saying is everybody lies all the time. Okay, thank you. So that makes it a, that makes it kosher. People do people go shopping, they buy horrible shoes or horrible dresses, and you say it's beautiful, it's stunning, you look wonderful in this tie. You look horrible in this tie, but I'm not gonna tell it to you. So people do it all the time. So is that a justification? What's Bas what's Basil's response? It's very difficult to understand Basil's response. You have to understand that both al peep shot, Pashat, what he means. Bishama is right. L'chayra Bishama is right. The halach is like Basila. We say Kalamava Chasuda. So this has to be understood. In this discourse, the Balatanya Kedarkai takes the Maimah Chazal and sees it really as being also a metaphor for the relationship between Hashem and the Jewish people and explains the two views in that relationship, which then will allow us to extrapolate and see how it's reflected in Pshat as well. But first he begins with discussing the deeper layer of this Maimah Chazal, like every Maimah Chazal that can be understood on a level of Pshat, and can also be understood as a metaphysical reflection on issues relating to one's internal life, even within themselves. So that's going to be the beginning of this discussion. The word Kala means a bride, but it also comes from the word, it says in Tehillim, meaning my soul yearns, my soul pines, my soul craves. So Kala is the person who yearns, who craves, who 
in, in Yiddish there's a word, elechzet. You know what lechzet means? Lechzung. It's a beautiful word. How do you translate it? Lechzet. No? The Chesidah Shayyidin Vesem Vimezakt Lechzet of English? Aspires, craves, yearns, pines probably. In every nitzitz, in every spark of every neshama of the Jewish people, there is a sense of klois hanefesh. Klois hanefesh means a yearning of the soul. A yearning to be included, to be submerged, to be nichlal, and to be dovuk, to be connected with Hashem. And this love is perpetual. Meaning, this state of kala is not a one-time event. Yom Kippur, Rosh Hashanah, special moments, special occasions. It's always there. It may be, as we'll see, unconscious, but it's always present. the Pasuk puts it in Tehillim, we say it every morning. Kapitel Lamed, Mizmer Shechanuk, Zamaiz, Laman Yizamercha Chavayd, Velo Yidai. Laman Yizamercha Chavayd, so that he should sing to you, sing to your glory, and not be silent. So the Zoyar HaKadr says, Kari Tadir V'loy Shachich. Laman Yizamercha Chavayd V'loy Yidai means that the soul always sings. It always calls out V'loy Shachich. It's never quiet. It's never shachich. It never shachich in Aramaic means it never relaxes its song. Don't think that this is reserved for unique holy Jews. Even those who seem to be of spiritual lower quality, or which was the classic term for a Jew who's ignorant and apathetic, or Ivri Aveda is even more than an Amaretz. An Amaretz means he's apathetic and ignorant. Ivri Aveda means somebody who may not be ignorant, but he transgresses sins. Yesh Ben Pchines Avazu. Don't think for a moment that they are not in a state of Kala. Every one of them has this love to Hashem. Every one. I, they don't live it, they don't live it, they don't even know it. He says, Ela She'enem or Geshus, but Nafsham, Gilu. It may not be experienced in their soul in a revealed way. In other words, it's unconscious. This is very, very fascinating. I think I mentioned this at some point, that at this time, in 1807, the word unconscious or subconscious was not part of the vocabulary. Today, people use it every other paragraph. Subconscious, subconscious. You hate me subconsciously. You hate your mother subconsciously. You hate everybody subconsciously. You hate yourself subconsciously. Everything is subconscious. If you don't see it, it's subconscious. But uh, in, in 18... And, and I guess a lot of it is true. There's a lot that's subconscious. <laughs> That's why it's subconscious, right? But in 1807, it's very significant. This was not part of the vocabulary. What you knew about, you knew about. What you didn't know about, didn't exist. So here we learn that there's a whole emotional life of a person that you may actually live a life that is contrary to this. And you may say to yourself, you are completely disconnected to this because you don't know about this part of yourself. The Balatanya here gives us one of the seminal ideas of the teachings of the Baal and of his own teachings, which were the teachings of the Baal Shem Tev elaborated, that every single Jew, no matter whom, no matter when, no matter what, constantly has a very deep Ava to Hashem. And that never changes. It's Tamid. Lo Yidim. He never stops singing. However, one could be conscious of it, and one could be completely unconscious of it. And of course, unconsciousness itself has so many different layers. How unconscious it is, or in other words, how easy it is to access, how easy it is to find. This is what's called a state of makif malmaila. Now we already learned in the previous mind when we say makif, makif doesn't mean surrounds. Literally, makif means surrounds. What he means makif is like when he said seiv of kalam, and makif just means it's not 
experienced consciously in the individual identity of the person who has this energy. That's what makif means. Though, like when something surrounds you, it's not in you. Here it may be in you, but it's called makif because it's above you even though it's in you. Above you means it's not registered by your antennas. It's not detected by your state of self-awareness, of self-consciousness. It's not part of the equation of who you are. If somebody would say, who are you? You would not put this into the list of your resume because you you do not identify this as you. But here again, he quotes the Gemara Masechta Megillah in the beginning of Gimel. Even though he may not perceive it, his Mazel perceives it. What does Mazel mean? Mazel doesn't mean Mazel like you have Mazel. Mazel means the source of your soul, which you may not be in touch with consciously, because what we are in touch with our soul is only a certain restricted energy that trickles down into our conscious existence. So mazel is that which is mazel. It's the cause of the noisel, of the trickle, of the flow. So the mazel experiences this state of kala. So every Jew is in a state of kala. So what's the question now? One of the great questions in life. How do you bring out the unconscious to the conscious? Dancing in front of the kala, not just you dance, you know, you do a nice dance. But dancing here actually means Actually the word as he says elsewhere is from the word in Hilchis Shabbos. You remember what merakid means? Merakid. Huh? Sifting. Sifting. When you're dancing, you're sifting. What are you sifting? You're trying to extricate. You're trying to bring out, when you sift, you're trying to separate the oichel from the psoilus. You're trying to separate the, the pebbles or the dirt or the sediments from the, from the edible parts. So miraktin is, how do you dance in front of the kala? In other words, how do you separate? How do you sift out the inner kala that you have in you to bring it to the fore? To bring it to the fore. Ketzad miraktin lifne hakala. In front of the kala that the kala should be able to appear. That's the question. To extricate this love, which is called kala from concealment to revelation, that it should shine in one's soul in an expressive way. On this Chazal asked the question, how do you dance in front of the Kala? It's a very big question. I may be in a state of Kala, but I'm unaware of it. I'm unconscious of it. How does one bring forth a flow of inspiration? How does one bring out into a revealed state their innermost connection that they already have with Hashem? It doesn't have to be created. It's all there. It just has to be fanned or revealed, but it may be extremely concealed. How does one do this? Ah, this is a big They weren't just arguing about the nusach that you say at a chasen on the dance floor. If you say this to the kala, you say this to the kala. They were arguing about two nusachs in life. The two nusachs of the Gemara are two nusachs in life. Two completely different perspectives. How you deal with this state of unconscious love in order to bring it out from the Helam El Hagila. He's going to first start with the Shitta of Beishamai, and then continue with the Shitta of Beisilo, which we will explore. So, Ketzad Merakhtin Lifne HaKala. Beishamai says, Kala Kamoshihi, Beisilo says, Kala Novachasuda. So now we come to discuss what is the spiritual meaning of this question. How do you dance in front of the Kala? Every Jew is a Kala. 
Every Jew is a column means every Jewish soul is in a state of close nefesh, of yearning and pining to connect to truth, to connect to God. Elamai, the question is, is this conscious or unconscious? But even somebody who is completely alienated, he's a balaver, he's a man of sins, or ignoramus, or apathetic, or erech, of completely detached or alienated from spiritual sensitivity, you would think they don't have this love to Hashem. They do have it, even though it's unconscious. The question is, How do you bring it out? How do you bring out the state of Kala? This is the question. So here there are two views, Beishamai and Beisila. Beishamai says, Amru Beishamai Kamoi Shehi. Beishamai says, Kala Kamoi Shehi. Literally it means, Beishamai says, you praise every bride according to her qualities. Liyoiz, Beishamai Sharsha Mabchinas HaGvuris Alyoinas. Beishamai Shoydish is from Gvuris Alyoinas. Gvura means discipline, strength, might. Elyonis means higher gvuris. What do we mean higher gvuris? There's gvuris tachtoinis versus gvuris elyonis. Gvuris elyonis means holy gvura. Higher means reflective of God's gvura. Hashem has different midas. Midas hachesed, midas hagvura. Beishamai's school was rooted in midas hagvura of Hashem. In other words, the nature of their souls were rooted in the quality of gvura. Each soul is different. Talking about racism. Here we go again. Souls are different. There's souls that are rooted in the world of chesed. Souls rooted in the world of Gvur. It's not good or bad. It's different. Chesed sees the world from a certain prism, from a certain vantage point. Gvur sees the world from a certain vantage point. Beishamai, usually in most of Shas, is Machmer. Beishilil is Mekel. So it says in Zoyar that the soul of Hillel was rooted in the world of Chesed, in the Midah of Chesed. The soul of Shammai rooted in the Midah of Gvur. The Gemara says on Beishamai and Beishilil, Meseches Erevin, Elu ve'elu divre lekim chayim. Both are the words of the living God, and yet the halach is like Basil. One second. If both are the words of the living God, that means both are true. But they're saying opposite things. Bishamai says you do this, Basil says you do this. They're always arguing. So how can both be words of Elikib Chayat? Usually somebody who says two opinions and they're opposites, you call that person not stable or not real. What do you mean, Elu Velu Divre Elikim Chaim? They're arguing all the time. And what he holds is true, he holds is false. What he holds is kosher, he holds is treif. What he holds is posel, he holds is mutter. Zakai Chayiv. Everything they're arguing. That Bishamim himself is hundreds of machlaikas. Nonetheless, you say, Elu Velu Divre Elikim Chaim. Why? Because truth itself has to be understood in context. Meaning, in the world of, there's the truth of Chesed and there's the truth of Gvura. They're both true. For the soul of Chesed, this is true. For the soul of Gvur, this is true. This, this Midah has truth in its context. Does it mean there's nothing else? No, there's another view also. There's another perspective also. But it doesn't take away from the fact that this perspective has truth to it. So generally, Beit Shammai's Shoyrich is Gvur Salyonis. Gvur Salyonis means holy Gvur, higher Gvur, sublime Gvur, divine Gvur. Alkei Nikr Shammai. And it's even the name. The word Shammai comes from the word Shuma. You know what Shuma means? You remember in Gemara, Shuma? Shuma the Daini? Huh? Assessment. assessment. Shuma, upshatsen in Yiddish. Why assessment? That's what Shammai does. He's always assessing things. Assessment is a quality of Gvura. You're always assessing. You're always defining. You're always qualifying. Ke'inyan Shabbat Razal, it's like the Gemara says in Saita al-Pasuk, V'sham derech kol hasham er the Gemara Masech Tasaita speaks about somebody who is 
Shom Erechosov. He assesses, he estimates, he qualifies his pathways. So the Pasuk says in Tehillim, V'sham derech ar'enu b'yeshelikim. So the Gemara says, so Pasuk in Tehillim, Perikudon, so the Gemara says, Ma'itkaten in Saiteh, kol ha'sham erchaisov. Sham derech. You have to be sham, you have to assess your, your pathways. Figure out where you're going, how you're going, what's your destination. Da'hainu she'shoykel derachav eichu mahu. You shoykel, you weigh, you assess your paths, how and what. Shammai was particular. Shammai was precise. Shammai was disciplined with himself and others. Shammai was extremely stringent. This is Midas Agvura. Midas Agvura is quit per quo. Midas Agvura challenges. Midas Agvura believes that you have to be worthy of what you get. You earn, you earn your revenue. You earn your wage. What you get is based on what you put in. There's no free lunch. Gvura is not cruel. But Gvura is strict. Gvura is authentic. Gvura is harsh. It could be very harsh. Some people are not a keli for Gvura. But Gvura is very fear. Extremely fear. Everything is assessed. Mida, Keneged Mida. And this was the Mida of Shammai. This was his approach to the world. It was an approach of discipline, an approach of severity, of Mida Sadin, and an approach of strictness. This is the approach. Is there an emiss in that approach? Of course. Elu ve'elu divrelikim chayim. It's a very, it's a very genuine path. It's an authentic path. Hainu, how does this affect us in our conversation? Beishamai has one shita. Shalafi erech asur meira, kach yi hamshach acha kach mabchines kala klois anefesh amomayla. In order to experience the kala, it's based on the sur meira. Based on how deeply the person will be committed to sur meira. Sur meira means abstaining from everything that is immoral and negative and undesirable, that is how much they will be able to experience their love, their state of kala, the klois ha-nefesh the ability to be able to experience their relationship to God. Bezel kala kamois shehi. That's what Bishamai says. How do you dance in front of the kala? The kala is kamois shehi, according to who she is. Kaloima. Kamois shehi aliyah malmata. Mibchines iskafim, misur mira imra v'imaat. Kala Kamoishi means based on how much the person will work on themselves to ascend, to be oila milmata, from a state which is lower. By doing iskafya surmeira, subduing the negative and going away from it, whether it's a mat, whether it's a lot or a little, that will be determined, the determining factor of how much revelation of the state of Kala there will be in them how their deep neshama's relationship with God will be expressed, based on how much they are ready to challenge themselves to climb higher and higher. That's how much they will experience from above. So the more the kala will work on herself to go away from any type of ra, the more she will be able to experience the state of klois hanefesh, the state of yearning and the state of closeness with Hashem. The less will be less. So Bishamai says, every kala, according to what she puts into it, according to her avoida, every single Jew who is a kala, exactly how much he will or she will elevate themselves and be oila and do surmeira, 
and it's layer upon layer upon layer because there's sumerian in a very coarse way and then there's more subtle. You know, the onion has many, many layers and you peel one, there's another one. But the more layers, the kala is ready to peel, the more she will be able to experience, the Jew will be able to experience the state of klois hanefesh, the link with above, which is the powerful, intimate relationship between the Jew and God. That's the view of Beishama. Beishilil has a different view. Beisilul is rooted in the world of Chesed. He doesn't hold that the Hamshacha is always commensurate with the Halah. Hamshacha means the flow from above. Halah means the ascent from below. Beishamai says, Hamshacha lefi Halah. Quit per quote. As much as you climb up, that's how much will come down to you. I give to you as much as you demonstrate an openness to receive. Ela Adirabe says Beisila, First there ought to be a hamshacha, a flow from higher to lower. Huh? What? The beginning of Peri Gimel? 96 Peri Gimel? The line starts Lamata, the beginning of Ois Gimel. The line starts Lamata. First will be Lamata. And then automatically, all the Chitzayim, all the external forces that are not divine will fall away. The Asei Toiv, Beisilil says, ought to precede the Surmeira. Because a little light will dispel lots of darkness. So we Beishamai says, first Surmeira and then Asei Toiv, which is actually the order in the Pasek. Beishilil says, you can't always wait for that. Let the Asei Toiv precede the Surmeira, even though the person is filled with Ra, because the Ur, the light, will dispel lots of darkness. Al-Kain Nikra Hilo. That's why his name is Hilo. Shamai means assessment. Hillel means a glow. Miloshen, behiloi neiroi alai roishi. The word in English, a halo of light, a halo. It's rooted in the Hebrew word Hillel. Behiloi neiroi alai roishi. The pasuk says in in Eiv Perichavtes, the 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 glow of the lamp, the glow of the neir of the candle, alroi alai roishi on my head. Hillel, in other words, is a glow, a luminescence, a brightness. From Halal, praise. By praising, by contemplating the greatness of God and therefore the greatness of the soul which is part of God, automatically the Ra will, will fall away. What is the Machlaikas here? We have here a fundamental argument in Avaidus Hashem. Two different approaches completely. Shammai says, Sur Meirah Seitoiv, Kala Kamay Shehi. Beishilil says, Kala Nava Chasudah. Beishamai says, the system has to be, you first have to get rid of the dirt, you have to get rid of the filth. The more filth you get rid of, the more light can come in, the more positivity can come in. You get rid of the darkness, then you get it to the light. That's the Shitta of Beishamai. Kala Kamay Shehi, as much as the Kala works on herself, that's how much she'll be able to appreciate and experience the flow from above, the relationship from the chasen Hashem. 
But Hillel says no. Ma'at er doicha harbim Don't wait till the darkness leaves, but rather begin to flood your life with light. Ah, you say, there's so many stuff going on. There's so many skeletons in the closet. There's ghosts and demons and so forth. Basilil says, on the contrary, you'll bring in light, that itself will, will expel the darkness. You have a room filled with darkness, and you light a candle, and a little light expels lots of darkness, that itself will cause the choshech to fall away. And Bemele, you don't have to wait till the kala is completely cleansed and refined, and only based on how much she works. Every flow from above is commensurate with how much she works on herself. You don't have to wait for that. There's no need for that. Sometimes if you wait for that, you may be waiting forever. You have to immediately start. Now, Beishamai's argument is clear. Beishamai's argument is if you're building a house, and you did a construction, and they finished the house, you don't bring in the couch and the furniture and the beautiful paintings when it's still full of debris and rubble and dirt. First, you need a cleaning company. And they clean everything, and they make it spotless. They get rid of all the dirt and all the filth and all the debris and all the garbage and all the rubble, and then you bring in your furniture. You start bringing in your furniture, and under the couch you have piles of garbage. It's ridiculous. Bishamah says, clean up the mess. Clean up the mess. Now the system is clear. The system is clear. Now you bring in positivity. Essentially, this is a right way. He's right. You don't put in your beautiful pieces of art. The whole, the, whole, the whole wall is dirty. First do a good cleaning. Make it clean. Then you'll bring in the beautiful furniture. Then I say to you want to experience the deep spiritual connection, you first have to get rid of the toxicity. There's so much toxicity or even dysfunction. Or many stuff are there. That's and Bishamai from a perspective of Gvur, it's Divri Why? Because this is the ideal way to go. You get rid of the bad and then you bring in the good. Bas Hillel introduces the world of Chesed. The world of Chesed looks at it and says, Yes, in a perfect ideal situation. That would be the case. But Basilo's time is, as we will see, if a person waits for this, they may wait their entire life. Because there's always something to work on. And sometimes you're waiting, waiting till you clean yourself. You don't have the energy that comes from positivity. Basilo says, flood your life with positivity. Bring in good stuff. And when you bring in good stuff, the more you bring it in, that itself will banish will chase away the chayshach. That itself will do it. It's brought, uh, it's brought in Sifrei Chassidus, I think from the Abderov. This was the argument in Yosef and Yaakov, Ephraim and Menashe. Yosef wanted Menashe should get the right hand, Ephraim the left hand. Yaakov crossed the hands. Why? Menashe was the oldest. Menashe was first. Yosef says he's the b'chor. He gets the first bracha. It should be like this. Menashe is on, on Yaakov's, uh, Yaakov's uh, right. Menashe was by Yaakov's right hand. Ephraim with the left. Why are you crossing your hands? So he tells Yosef, Yadati b'ni Yadati. I know. Menashe is a great boy. But achiv hakotin yigdal mimeno. So what's pshat? So one of the explanations in Chassidus is as follows. Menashe means forgetfulness. Why did he name him Menashe? Yosef said, God made me forget all my agony, all my pain. A new man. What's Ephraim? He frani elikim be'eretz on you. From the word pru, peri. He made me fruitful in the land of my poverty. Menashe is you got to forget. 
you got to move away. Gid Hamnosha, the sciatica that was removed, it was misplaced. Menasha means you have to replace, you have to move away. You have to get rid of stuff. You have to move them away or move yourself away, one of the two. That's Menasha. What's Ephraim? Ephraim is Ephraim Yelikim Beretzanyi. Ephraim is the positivity, the positive energy. According to the system of Avedis Hashem, Yosef was a tzaddik, first Menasha, then Ephraim. There's no Asetoy without Sermeira. Imagine a person is on a daily exercise routine, right? But for breakfast, they have cheesecake. For lunch, they have a pie of pizza. And for dinner, after the pizza, there's, you know, uh, plus everything else, or some potato chips and black and whites, and then ice cream for quinoa soda. But then in the morning, they're going for exercise. You're shooting yourself in the back. If you're serious, you're serious. first you've got to clean everything up. You've got to clean up the toxicity. Spiritually also, psychologically also, mentally also. And then you could start bringing in the light. Without that, there's nisht. So sometimes a person will sit in therapy for 10 years, 20 years, some people 40, 50, 60 years, to clean up. They'll analyze everything to get rid of all the issues, all the dysfunction, all the depression, all the negativity, all the envy, all the hate, all the animosity, all the annoyance, and so on and so forth. And that's, and it's an important idea. Sur Menashe comes first. Yaakov tells Yosef, Yadati bni Yadati. I know that. Menashe is a great kid. In other words, if you're going to want to create, ultimately, something that changes the world, you're going to have to be able to introduce a seitoiv before surmeirah. Because if you're going to wait for surmeirah until you have a seitoiv, most people are going to get stuck. They will wait and wait and wait and wait and wait until the moment when you reach perfection. And what's the moment you reach perfection? There's no such a thing. So it's always a journey. So therefore, Beis Hillel says, Kalanava Chasuda, the main Kayach has to come to Ephraim. In other words, begin with Asetov. You can't always wait till Sumira. Begin with doing positive stuff, bringing in good influence. And then automatically that will help you with the battle with the Chayshach. Because Ma'at And that's why Yaakov disagreed with Yosef. And he gave Davka the right hand to Ephraim. They say, it's already late, it's already I'll just finish with this Maisa. They say a Maisa that uh, the Balatanya went to study by the Magid of Mizrich, his Rebbe, the student of the Moshamta. And uh, he was going home. He was going home, so he was in the coach. So the Magid, the Magid of Mizrich had a son, his name was Rabbi Avram HaMalach. They called him an angel, it describes to you what type of person he was. He was like an angel. Rabbi Avram HaMalach, they called him. So the Bavrama Malach came to escort the Balatanya home. They were Chavrusas. Their father set them up as Chavrusas. Balatanya taught him Nigla, and he taught him Kabbalah. Three hours and three hours. He used to change the clock. So anyway, the Bavrama Malach came to escort him home. So he sees him in the coach. And the horses are there waiting to go. In the wagon, whatever, it was a horse and wagon. So there's three things he told them. Once he told them, he said as follows. You have to whip the horses until they cease to be horses. You have to whip the horses until they're aware that they're horses. That's the tupchenes. So the Balatani said, oh, he has to stay here. It's a new derech and avoid them. He got off and he stayed there for a while. The first is his hapcha. Whip the horses till they're not horses anymore. The second is a skafya. 
whip the horses, at least they know their horses. Don't change them. Be aware of the horses. But then he once told them, he says, far, far, don't look at the horses you travel for. Explain that it's a derech and avoid it. This is the derech. Everyone has horses in them. Horses here is a metaphor for the beast in you. You could look at the beast and get paralyzed by it. But you have to travel. Either there's a horse involved. Okay, there's a horse involved. But you have to travel. It says, far, far, kuknisht of the fert. If you're going to look and get involved in this, you won't be, you'll be paralyzed. You have to be able to continue to travel even though there is uh, resistance. So Beshameh and Beshilil have two different shittas in Avodah Hashem. How one could bring out, one can dance in front of the Kala. Meaning how one can bring forth, bring out, actualize, reveal the state of the Kala of the Jew. Meaning the inherent Avas Hashem, the inherent spiritual, deep, emotive relationship between God and the Jew, which always exists, it just may be unconscious. There are two completely different approaches. Ketzad Merakim Lefnei HaKala. Shammai says, Sur toiv. You begin always with Sur and then you do the Toiv. In other words, you dispel, you banish the darkness, and then you could bring in the light. And according to how much the Kala works on herself to extricate herself from undesirable habits, attitudes, dispositions, midos, and so forth, that is relative to, relative to that will be the revelation from above, the flow of spiritual energy that exists, but has to be actualized. And Basilil has a different shitta, Basilil's shitta is kala no vachasuda, meaning Basilil says, on the contrary, the asetov should precede the sumira, because even though there's a lot of darkness, the light ultimately will banish the darkness, and this has to do with their very names and their very souls. Shamai means assessment, everything is shuma, sham, evaluated, Gvura, his soul comes from the world of Gvura, which is a world of discipline, of fearness, of, of midas hadin, of strictness, it's quid per quo, it's midah connected midah, and therefore, as much as you put in, that's what you're going to get out, and you're not going to get anything until you do not put it in. That's the shita of Shammai, where everything is assessed, and everything is karoi. Mashenkin hilo, which means light, a halo of light, a glow of light, behaloi neiroi alei roishi, as the Pasuk says in Eoiv, or hilo milashen halel, Today we're going to say Halal Be'ezer Hashem, or some of us said Halal. Halal, which is full of, of praise. In other words, you bring out the Gedula of a Hashem, and the Gedula of a person who's connected to Hashem, and the Mela, all the Ra, all the Ra uh, uh, falls away. It says, V'zehu, this is the Pshad, the line starts, V'zehu, Mashcheni Acherecha Narutza. There's a Pasuk in Shri Hashirim. Mashcheni Acherecha Narutza, Heviani HaMelech Chadorov, Draw me, after you we shall run. Draw me in, after you we shall run. First start with the Mashcheni, pull me in, and therefore I will run. Don't wait till I run and then pull me in. Mashcheni, Hillel says. Pull me in, draw me in. Let the flow of revelation come, and then I'll be inspired to run. That's the meaning of the words In Hebrew grammar, there's different ways of saying it. Chasuda is a nifal, meaning When you want to describe the person, so you say a chasid in the masculine, or a chasida in 
the feminine. But here we're not saying Kalanova Hasida, Kalanova Hasuda, Hasuda Bimalapum, Hasuda with the Shuruk, Hasuda, not with the Chirik, not Hasida, who shame Hanifal. What do we mean shame Hanifal? That which gets affected. Not she is a Hasida, she is a Hasuda. The Hainushanas is Hasuda. Somebody turns her into a Hasuda. <coughs> She receives grace. She receives chesed, meaning you have to bring forth something, and she becomes. It, it's 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 how she's affected by something. Kalanar chasida would mean she is actively engaged in it. Chasuda means she becomes a chasuda as a result of a certain positive vibe that came in. She's acted upon. She's acted she upon, graced. right? Huh? She's graced. She is graced, right? She's graced. Why, what is she graced? He says, because there was a chesed elyon, a higher divine chesed, that flowed milmaila from a higher space to a lower place. And automatically the ra, you know, let the chips, the chips fall away. The ra falls away. And then the the state of yearning of the soul will be revealed. For her to become a beautiful kala. The Lashon HaPasuk is, and a Jew in whom, which in you I boast. God says, Yisrael HaShabacha Esporet. A Jew in which, in you I, I, I brag, I boast, so to speak. That's the concept of Kalanah, Becha Esporet. This happens as a result of the fact that she receives this flow of Chesed. So the Rabbi Nishalaylam says, Yisrael HaShabacha Esporet. Even if you're dealing with a person who spiritually may be lame or blind, and the reason is the kamei shavu mashva, because in his presence shavu mashva, like we say in the piyutim, shavu mashva katan v'gadol, the largest and the smallest are equal. Or as the pasuk says in Eiv, he just says the beginning of everything, and you have to figure out the end. Im tzadakta, the pasuk says im tzadakta matitin loy. Meaning, it's not like your negativity really is an obstruction for him. Because there's nothing that separates. It's not like you're so bad, you're too bad for him to come in. Because you're dealing here with an energy that is transcendent. So therefore, it's not like a person could say, I'm too dirty for him to come in. It's not like your dirt is going to ultimately stop it. That's what the Pasuk says. Oz, the Pasuk says in Yeshaya, Oz Yedalek Ka'ayel Piseach. The Piseach, the one who uh, limps, which is the Chigeres, Piseach, will leap like a ram, like an ayel. You get to see in Muncie in the morning how our deer take leaps when they see a car coming. So Yeshaya, now he says, Oz Yedalek Ka'ayel Piseach. So the Balatanya is connecting it to this Gemara. Bishama is saying, Chigeres? She's lame. She says, no. She's a Kalanova Chasuda. Because if you'll just reveal that which is in her, and you'll focus on the positive, and you'll focus on the Chesed Elyon, automatically the spiritual negativity will be absolved. Az Which is a Maramak. This is what the Pasuk says in Tehillim, Chesed Elyon Baal Yimait. 
David HaMelech says, Chesed Elyon, a higher grace, a higher kindness, Bal Yimah, it will not falter. When the Chesed comes forth from a higher place to a lower place, automatically the Ra will be, that will be, will be uh, expelled, will be uh, moved away. And it will dissipate as though it never was. And the Ava will become etched in his heart like a peg, like a peg that is, uh, like a peg that Baltimoy that does not falter, that doesn't move. So Beis Hillel says, on the contrary, when you have the Chesed Elyon, then Bal Yimoyt, then the, it will, will remain completely etched in a person and it will not be movable. Thank you. The Pasuk says here as follows. Yeah, okay, I thought so. Basically, Yeshaya Hanavi is giving a Navu of the Gula. So he's saying, You should be strong. Tell the people who are afraid to be strong, not to be afraid. Your God is going to come and help you. The eyes of the blind will open up. The ears of the deaf will also open up. And then... And then the, 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 the people who are lame, who are limping, will leap like rams. So Rashi says, Yisrael, who are now in a state of pischim, they're weak and they're lame, so then they're going to become full of vigor and full of strength. So it's basically a nevua of la'asid lavoy. That's literal pshat in Yeshaya. So the Balatanya is describing it in spiritual terms. In spiritual terms, the state of redemption begins internal. Geula begins internal, Geula Pnimis. So that's the idea that Beishamai says, Chigeres, Aysuma. So Beishilil says, if you'll bring out the Kala Nova Chasuda, and you'll be Mamshad the Chasad Elyon, then you will see that Oz Yidalek Ayel Pesach. Mashenkin, after the parentheses, Mashenkin, Ladivri Beishamai, Tzarechli, Yitzchilis, Surmeira. Beishamai says, you always need first Surmeira, Vizayef Shaliyas Batachlis. And this, of course, could never be done ultimately in its ultimate perfection. And that's why from Bishama's perspective, we say every kala according to who she is, that's what she's going to get. And when you're dealing with a chigeris asuma, you can't say kala nova chasuda, there's so much ra. The divre Bishama, midvar shakatircha, uchuvas basilu kein mashakasa berabas parsha ches, be inyan chesed ve emas, chesed oima yi bore shakule molech sodom, ve afal pisha eno shal emas. There's a Medrash Rabbah in Bereshah's Parsha Ches about an argument that ensued when Hashem wanted to create the world. It says when Hashem wanted to create the world, so the Midah of Chesed and the Midah of Emes got into a major debate. Midah of Chesed said, create the world because there'll be a lot of Chesed in the world. People will do kind things. The Midah of Emes said, don't create the world because the whole world is based on Sheker. Everything is false. So therefore, MS says there's no room for the creation because it's a lie. Chesed says there'll be Chesed. The same is true, Shalom and Tzedek, the Medrash says, also got into an argument. Tzedek said, create the world because people give tzedakah. Shalom said, don't create the world because this is just a world of conflict. Everyone fights. There's no peace. So the, Gemara, the Medrash says, what did Hashem do? He took Midas HaEmes, he threw it on the ground, so now there was no MS complaining anymore and he created the world. That's why it says MS may Eretz Titzmach. In other words, MS is in the Eretz, literally. 
it's in the air. It has to grow from the earth because Hashem threw it away. Laaretz, and now there's no, uh, there's no, uh, there's no, there's no contender. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. And that's why he created the world because the, this Mida wasn't uh, wasn't opposing him. A lakim is not midasamas necessarily. Yeah, there could be an element, but emes is teferis actually. Emes is something else. So it's not emes, but you are right because here he's just connecting the two. That the shita of beshama is like midas emes, and the shita of beshil is like midas achesed. So beshama says al yibari. Like the Gemara says in Eruvim, Beisham, it says, Noyach Ladum, Shaloi Nivri Yosem Shanivra. Beisilu says, Noyach Lashanivri Yosem Shanivra. Because basically, Chesed says, Create the world because it's full of Chesed, even though it's not Emes. Mashenkin, Beisham, says, Don't create the world because it's Sheker. So here too, Beisham is telling Beisilu, What you're doing is not Emes. And Beisilu is doing something about Chesed, Kalanova Chasuda. And this is an argument. So Beisham has a truth to him. Beshama is, is, is the parameter of truth. Mashainkin, Beshilo, focuses on Chesed. What's the nature of the argument here? So this explains to us a little bit more the nature of the argument. And if you'll realize the, the terminology he keeps on using is Hamshachem al-Maila lamata versus Halom al-Mata lamaila. Beshama demands it should be Halom al-Mata lamaila, going up from lower to higher. And based on that will be the Hamshachem al-Maila lamata. Beshilo says no. Start with the Hamshacha, Melmaila Lamata. That's why Chasuda, she is graced. She, is, she, she, she has the Chesed that comes. She's a Nifal. She's affected by a Chesed because it's Hamshacha, Melmaila Lamata. And then there'll be Allah, Melmaila Lamata, which those two words, Maila Mata versus starting Melmata Lamaila or Melmaila Lamata. So you have it in Mesechta Sukkah with a Sukkah, Melmata Lamaila, Melmaila Lamata. But in the Balatanya, he uses these terms constantly in spirituality when it comes to Avaidus Hashem. What's the concept of these two terms? The Maila and Mata here refers to inner person himself, the state of Maila and the state of Mata. To clarify it, you have the Marshal by Hanukkah, similar Machlai, because everybody knows by Hanukkah, the Gemara says in Masech the Shabbos, in the second period, everybody knows that how many candles do you say? Do you light Mahajim and Mahajim, you go up. So Bishamah, you go uh, each night a different candle. So Bishamah says you start with eight, and you go down. Eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Basilo says no. You go up. So the Gemara says, "What's the machlokes?" Time of the Bishamai connected Yamim Hanichnasin. The time of the Bishilu connected Yamim Hayotzin. Bishamai looks at the days that are still ahead of you. The first night of Hanukkah, I have eight days in potential. I only have one night in actuality, but I have the days. If I look at the days that are coming in, I have nine, eight. So I do eight. The second night, I have only seven days coming. Bishilu says you focus on the days that left already. So therefore, only on the eighth night. You have eight nights, you light eight candles. The seventh night, you light seven. The first night, you light one, etc. Halach is like Basila, not like Bisham. Then the Gemara gives. And a second reason, Pare Hachag, by Sukkot, you went down. Basila says, Maila Bekadish Rami didn't. Okay, there's a few two different Svaras the Gemara gives in Masech the Shabbos. What's the Havana? Yom Anichnas, Yom Anitzvah. Hagufashai. Why Taka? Basila also knows there's going to be eight nights of Hanukkah. Shammai also knows that in actuality is only one night of Hanukkah. Whenever the Gemara says, he says this and he says that, Hagufa. It's not like the other Svara is completely removed from the first person. He also understands Yamam Hayyotz. In other words, there has to be, that's why there's always a deeper layer, there has to be some logic in that Gufa. Why Shammai focuses on Yamam Hayyotz? 
Why by civil focus is Ayam Ayats? How go for Shaila? But here, Lechayda, we have a clarity in this Indian too. Because it has to do with a general question in life. And this is a big question in life. Do you focus on the Mata or do you focus on the Maila? If you want to be perfectly idealistic, you focus on the Mata. Beis Hillel says you're being idealistic, you're being truthful, but you're not being kind. And the two are not necessarily the same thing. Beis Hillel wasn't a politically correct, uh, spineless person who believed in just saying the right thing to everybody. That's not the argument here. You know, when you read it at surface, Shammai is the real man. I mean, I'm not going to patronize and flatter people when I don't believe what I'm saying. The Minigan, Alma, the Shikri is everybody's the greatest guy, right? You're awesome. You're unbelievable. You're the best thing I ever met. Yeah. Unbelievable. The most beautiful kala, like a shatchan. Every shatchan. Kala nava chasuda, kala nava chasuda. Yeah, I told them I saw once. It was a guy, uh, Shatchan set him up for a date. So uh, he meets the Kala. And uh, after a while, you know, the Shatchan comes in. It's one of these uh, circles where they do it fast. So the Shatchan comes in and he was new. So the Bacha whispers and says, you know, your mama's a Shatchan, you're a liar. It's a wild lie. You said she's tall, she's short. You said she's skinny, she's fat. You said she's beautiful, she's ugly. You said she's smart, she's stupid. Shatkin says, you don't have to whisper, she's deaf too. <laughs> okay, so, you should probably not repeat this joke at home, unless you change it from the other way around, then it's going to work. So, what? She's not a Nova Chassid. Find the right thing and say it. Don't lie. Don't lie. That's the Pashtas. And Basilo says, come on, everybody does it. It's a, it's a much deeper Machlechus. Basilo that's why he brings the Pasuk in Yeshaya. Az Yedalek Ha'ayel Peseach. Beis Hillel, in a way, it's a different type of emes. It's not only an emes of the surface. It's an emes on a deeper level. You have to focus not on the mata, you have to focus on the maila. I'll bring it out for, to you from a word from the Apterav in Oyev Yisrael. There's a, one of the big Rebbes, Avram Yeshua Heschel of Apta. Apta is a city in Poland. He's buried near the Balshamta, the measure bush. He has a sefer called Oyev Yisrael. The Apterov says this on the Pasuk, Listen, heavens, and I'll speak. Listen, earth, to me, to what I'm going to say. Now, remember, this is Moshe's last speech. He's been speaking for 40 years. This is the last speech, a few days, or maybe the day, or the last few days before his Petirah on Zayanada. Hazinu, it's the last parshas. So imagine a rabbi, even a regular rabbi, who's been at a pulpit for 40 years, literally, 50 years, 60 years, and he's giving the last speech to the oilam. Everybody comes to say goodbye. Everybody is there. Men, women, children, everybody is there. And he opens up the speech and he says, Listen, my heavens. Listen, earth. What happened to the people? <laughs> Almost after 40 years, I gave up on you. What are you talking to the heavens? Talk to the people. So the Abtei Rav says that Moshe was giving advice for history, how you have to speak to people. And he brings a Gemara in Pchayrus, fascinating Gemara. The Gemara says in Pchayrus Davches, there was a big debate between Rabbi Yishob and Hanania and the sages of Athens, 60 sages of Athens in Greece, Sabi, Debei, Asuna, Atuna. These are the greatest Greek philosophers of the time. It's almost a blot 
of debates between Rabbi Yeshua and Hananya, one man against 60 Chachamim of, Greek, of Greece. And the fascinating thing in the Gemara is there that the whole debate is in riddles. There's no debate about actual ideas. It's all riddles and strange riddles. It looks childlike. So the Marsha wrote a whole Chibur in the back of the Gemara, a whole section to explain it. The Maral has a whole thing. The, the Vilna Gaon has a Sefer, short little Sefer explaining that piece of Gemara, the metaphor. The Kedusha Slevi has it. Likutei Maran has it. Oh, everyone. I mean, from uh, a lot of the G'dayli Yisrael who tried to explain that Goddess of Shas have different perspectives how to explain it. One of the fascinating debates is, just to bring out a debate, they asked Rabbi Shobah Chananya to disprove, it's all to disprove Judaism. When a chick dies in the egg, where does the soul leave from? A chick dies in the egg. Where does the neshama go out from? The egg is sealed. So the, and this is trying to disprove Judaism. Rabbi Chananya says, the same way that the soul got in. <laughs> Done, he wins. That's the whole, the whole omit and a half like that. This is they ask him, uh, how do you preserve salt? It shouldn't decay. So he says, you use the amniotic sac of a mule. So they say a mule doesn't reproduce. So he says, and salt doesn't decay. One of the questions they ask him is as follows. If a guy comes to a town, he's looking for a kala, he's looking for a girl, and he takes the best, he goes out with the best, the best, and she says, no, I'm not interested. Is he going to go to another? Is going to go and look for somebody even better? Of course not, because if she rejected him, obviously he has to look for somebody of a lesser caliber. That's the end. So Rishon Chananya says, if a take person takes a nail, a peg, and he knocks it into the wall and it doesn't go in, do you go lower? No, you could also go higher. Why? Because maybe down here it's uh, it's rock, and up there you'll get the you'll penetrate. He wins the debate. What's, what's this matter? So the Marsha says that they were saying that you always go for the best girl, and if she says no, you don't go to better because she's for sure going to say no. Right? If the, if, the, if the first girl doesn't want a Shlomia like you, a Shlomaza like you, you think a better girl is going to want you, you've got go, you to compromise. Right? You've got to go for less. So the Marsha says what they were saying is, who did God offer the Torah first to? The nations of the world. And they said no. You think he's going to go to somebody better? No, he's going to go to somebody worse. The first girl rejected God. They said, you're not for us. So for sure he's going to go for somebody lower. In other words, the Jews are lower. That was their time. That's the Marshal's perspective. The Apteryov's perspective is different. He says as follows. And this is the Pshat HaZinu HaShemai. He said, sometimes you speak to somebody and you can't get to them. They're not, they're not getting affected. You put the nail and the nail doesn't go in. It's not, they're not, there's too much resistance. He says, you know the problem? The problem is not that you put it in. The problem is not that you put it in too high. The problem is you put it in too low. You have to lift up the nail to a much higher place, and there it'll go straight in. He says, the problem is when you speak to people, you're speaking to a lower place in them. And because you're speaking to a lower place in them, they resist you. Because over there, they have a lot of resistance. When you speak to somebody, you have to go to the highest point. You have to speak to their purest, most idealistic space. Because over there, they have no resistance. On lower levels, there's toxicity. They become defensive. They can't listen to you. But every person has an akuda of emes, of purity, that's very, very deep. But we don't speak to it, because first of all, we don't see it, or we don't believe in it, or we don't trust it. But if you speak to that place and people, over there, it'll go right in. So Moshe Rabbeinu is talking to the Jewish people forever, and he says, whenever you speak to people, hazinu hashamayim, speak to the heaven in every person. 
Every person is heaven and earth. Earth is your murky part, your earthly part, your lowly part. Every person has that. We're engaged and we're enmeshed with a lot of issues. Everyone has issues and problems and struggles and demons and skeletons and darkness. If you don't believe me, look in the mirror or speak to your therapist. He'll explain it to you. Every person also has heaven. Heaven is idealism, selflessness, what he calls your klois ha-nefesh, avas Hashem. Every person has that. It's always there. The question is what's conscious, what's unconscious. What do you know about? What do you don't know about? What leads your life? What doesn't lead your life? So now when I speak to you, which part of you do I speak? So much as a hazinu ha-shamayim. Always speak to the heaven and people. And then v'sishma ha-aretz. It'll already trickle down. Mazlayu chazi. It'll already trickle down. It'll already trickle down to the earth. Always do that. Always speak to the shamayim and people. That's the myla in a person or the mata in a person. Myla in a person is the higher space in a person. Mata in a person is the lower space in a person. Beis Shammai, right, at the surface says, Sur mei ra There's a lot of ra. If there's a lot of ra, you have to address the ra. There's no way of fixing a person if you don't address the ra. You have to address it. And you have to get rid of it. And you have to uproot it. And you have to eliminate it. And then, and then, the heaven can flow. And then the myla can flow. But you always have to begin with getting rid of the darkness. Basilo takes a different approach completely. Basilo says, start with the myla. Look for the myla and identify it and bring that out. I, the whole person's life is one big mess. <laughs> right? There's a tremendous mess going on. I'm not ignoring it. I'm not ignoring it. What I'm doing is, I'm going to bring in so much light I'm going to bring in so much light, even though it's full of darkness, that ultimately the choshech will, will, uh, will, move, will move away. So therefore, by Hanukkah, you have the same argument. The first night of Hanukkah, what do you have? The first night of Hanukkah you have, you have, it's still the beginning of Hanukkah. So therefore, <coughs> base. Uh, Beis uh, Shammai says, you always have to eliminate the Choshech. Since you have to eliminate the Choshech, so the first night of Hanukkah, when you're just starting, you need eight candles. You need eight candles to eliminate all the darkness. The second night, it's already much weaker, the darkness, because you're focusing on the Choshech. Now you need seven candles. The last night, you already have very little Choshech. One candle can do it. Beis Shammai has a different approach. I'm sorry, Basil has a different approach. Basil says the first night of Hanukkah, Emes, Emes, I'm not going to be in a situation where I could bring so much light and get rid of all the darkness. I don't have that koyach. There's too much darkness. I can't have so much light. There's too much. I'm, I'm too messy. But you could bring in a little light. Yeah, one candle you can bring in. You know what's going to happen? Darkness will vanish. vanish. But Mela, tomorrow night, you'll already be able to bring in two candles. Beis Shammai Take takes on the Choshech right away. Takes on the Choshech right away. You come with all your bombs and you bomb it out. You need eight candles. Basil doesn't have that capacity. He focuses on the Ur. Ur I, only, I only have a little bit now because I have a lot of Choshech. But find that Nekuda of heaven and bring it out. This is Pshad the Belzer of says, You'll have somebody outcast. Misham! What's the Sham? He says, And every Jew, there's a little Shamayim left. There's a Ktsay, not a lot. Misham, Yekabetzcha. From 
the tip of heaven that's in them, catch on to that. Catch on to that and make a big deal out of that. Turn that into a major focus. It'll be ma'at er, but it'll be doich l'chayshech. You light one candle and the darkness dissipates. Tomorrow, you'll be able to light two. The last night, you'll already be able to light eight candles. Why will you be able to light eight candles? Because so much chayshech will be banished, you'll be able to light eight candles. So we have a two general views in, in Hashkafe, in Avodah Hashem, in life, of Beishamei and Beisilo, that are reflected in this Machloikas and Gemara, how you dance in front of a Kala. The Gemara in Masech is the beginning of the second period, Daf Tazayin and then Yudzayin. Tazayin Amit Beis, Yudzayin Amit Aleph. Namely, Beishamei says, every Kala is praised according to her individual virtues and qualities, and you do not have a generic statement for every Kala. Kala Kamois Shehi. In fact, he accuses Beis Hillel, who says that every kala is praised as a kala nova chasuda, as beautiful and gracious, to be a lie. Midvar what if she is not? How can you say this? And therefore, Beis completely disagrees and says, kala And Beis Hillel says, no, kala nova chasuda. Kala nova chasuda. And uh, the argument, the Balatanya, the Alter Rebbe, in Lakuta Torah, he sees this not only as a... Uh, argument about a chasana that a person attends, with a chasana and a kala, of course, it's, that's the pshat of the argument, but it's really reflective of a velt anshaung, and the uh, velt anshaung means hashkafas oilam, a perspective on life, and it goes back to the beginning of the spiritual, it goes, to, it, it, it should be traced back to the, to the first type of, to first relationship in existence, the chasana and kala, the chasana Hashem, and the kala, the Jew, every neshama is in a state of kala, in a state of klois ha-nefesh, which means a state of nichsefa, v'gam kol sa-nafshi, like we say in Yedid Nefesh, nichsef, nichsefte, lebeis avicha. Lovon says in Parshish Vayetze, nichsef, nichsefte, lebeis avicha, you crave, you desire to go to your father's home, Lovon is telling Yaakov. So we say on Shabbos, what do we say, uh, Vasik Yemurachamecha Vikusana Bena Ovecha, Kiza Kama, Nichsef Nichsafti, Leroy's Bisiferis Uzecha, Ela Khamda Libi Vikusana of Altis Halam. Don't hide from me because this is what a Jew says, Erev Shabbos, or some say by Shalashudas, Nichsef Nichsafti Labesa Vikha, you did Nefesh was uh, authored by Rebelazar Askari, the author of Sefer Haredim. This is the contemporary of the Beis Yosef and the Arizal and the Alshik and the Ramak in the golden era of the Kabbalists and Svas in the fifteen hundreds. Sixth, early 16th century. So, every Jew is in a state of kala, of, 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 of klois, of nichsefa, of agam kolsa nafshi. So after nichsefa comes the concept of klois, the, the yearning, the pining. But it may be unconscious, it may be re- uh, not revealed. So this is the argument, Beishamai says, how do you reveal it, how do you bring it out? How are you merakid, how do you sift out? The good from the bad, the bad from the good. How do you separate the two? How do you bring out your ava, your ruchnius, your inspiration? The inspiration is there. You just may not be aware of it. You may be unconscious of it. It may be covered up, it may be eclipsed. There may be ta- a lot of toxicity that doesn't allow you to feel it consciously. So how do you do it? Beit Shammai says it always is based on your avoid, the kalakamai Basically, as much as there'll be surmeira, that's how much there'll be asetoiv. You begin with the, with the ra and you... Work on it. You weed out. You weed out all of the 
toxicity in your system. And the more you do that, the more you'll be able to experience the flow from above, the flow of inspiration and spirituality from above. Beis Hillel says you do not wait for that, you do not start with the mata, you focus on, uh, you focus on the maila, you start not malmata la maila, but malmaila la mata, you focus on the maila, in other words, you focus on the good, and you accentuate that which is positive, and you bring forth that which is positive, and you talk about that which is positive, and you focus on that, and then what happens is ma'at o'er doicha har a little light, Expose a lot of darkness. I once saw a Svasemes. He asks a very interesting question. I think it's in Parshas Nosai. He says in Torah, in Parshas Nos, in 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 in, in Mishnayos and Gemara, in Seder Noshim, you have Yevamis Ksuvis Nedarim, Nazir Saita Gitin Kedushin. Nazir comes before Saita. When you look in Chumash and Parshas Nosai, it's the other way around. First, you have Parshas Saita. And then you have Parshas Nazir. And the Gemara even asks, why? Lama nismach a Parshas Nazir, la Parshas Saita. Rashi brings it. The Gemara says, Haroya Saita bekilkula. Gemara in the beginning of Masechta Saita. Haroya Saita bekilkula. Yazir atzmem in hayayin. When somebody sees what happens when people have no moral boundaries, they drink, they get drunk, they're inebriated. When he sees a Saita bekilkula, he sees the tragedy of the Saita. So a person realizes it's time to uh, go into AA. Time to go into Alcoholic Anonymous. Okay. You do the Arbacosis and grape juice. <laughs> it's time to start doing your Arbacosis and grape juice if you have an issue. So it's first Saita and then Nazir. Rabbeinu HaKadosh and Mishnayis did it the other way around. Yivam is Ksuvis Nedarim, Nazir, and then Saita. Why would he mamish intentionally reverse the order the way it's in Chumash Teresh to the way it's Teresh so the Svasemis brings, based on this Vartan Lakutatayra, that it's actually two drachim. There's the ideal, pristine way of Tayyar Shabaksav, and then there is the Tayyar Shabal way, which was, of course, introduced much later in Jewish history. The ideal way is Saita represents Surmeira, Nazi represents Asaytaif. Saita is basically weeding out the promiscuity in a marriage, the, the, adult, the suspicion of adultery in a marriage. In other words, it's, it's weeding out the, the toxicity, the, the immorality that may have literally penetrated and affected this marriage to the point of ish, adultery, at least achshash, which is the whole reason, the whole idea of Saita. God acts as the marriage counselor who's going to determine and ascertain if there's innocence or there's lack of innocence. Nazir is not so made on the contrary. Nazir is, he's, nothing is wrong. He adds in his life a whole new level of Kedusha. A whole new level of Kedusha. He doesn't get tummy, he will grow his hair, will, will not drink wine, and so forth. That's the Gedder of Nazir. So he says, in Taita, the Chalda Seder is first Saita, and then Nazir. You don't make yourself holy if you still got garbage. First get rid of the dirt, and then you'll bring a nice furniture. Rabbeinu HaKadosh realized that if you're going to wait for that... If you're going to wait for that, a person may never get to the state of Asay Toiv because, first of all, two reasons. One is entanglement, and the second is despair, depression. Entanglement means when you're dealing with your Ra, you can get stuck too. You work with it a lot, and you can get entangled and enmeshed, and there's always something else you're going to discover. And your whole life, you may get just enmeshed and entangled in figuring out how to get rid of it 
and therefore you can get stuck. You have to have the right guidance and discipline. That's number one. Number two may even be more important. You focus on your eye, you can start getting into a very negative, you get a negative self-image, and you give up on yourself. And you never even get to the next stage. So in an ideal world, yes, in the world of Midas HaGvura, which is very ideal, the world of MS, so to speak, MS Amar al Yibari, which always challenges people to the core, it's, that's how you do it. You have, to, you have to be fully functional in order to be able to uh, accentuate and bring out your Gdusha, because if not, it's just uh, there's too much, too many infections. You've got you to get rid of them. But Beis Hillel had a different shitta. Beis Hillel said, no, Kala no, not chasida, chasuda. Chasuda. Hillel says, and that's where Rabbeinu HaKadosh puts Nazir before Saita. When Rabbeinu HaKadosh saw the Matzav, he understood that you have to be able to allow people to immediately focus on how much incredible positivity there is in their system, in their soul, in their psyche, in their life, and bring that out immediately. And start with that. And that itself, that itself will be the impetus, will create the momentum that will be doiche choshech, because oir is always doiche choshech, there has to be oir. And it's really two shittas, it's two different shittas in life. I once heard a very interesting story from the Baal Hamais, his name is Rabbi Manus Friedman, he lives in St. Paul, Minnesota. He told me once that uh, he, has a, he had a school there for many years, it's called Beis Chana, for, for young women who, from secular homes, who wanted to come study Yiddishkeit. One of the first schools of that nature, in the early 70s or late 60s in Minnesota for many years. So I heard from him once that there was a girl there who came, and uh, it was very hard for her to have relationships with people. She was like narcissistic or very selfish, very self-oriented, constantly. And it came the age, you know, of Shaduchim. She wanted a date and get married, but it was very, very hard for her because uh, she had this thing, you know, she's very, very self-centered. Like somebody once said uh, that she stopped going on dates because uh, the last date... The guy was talking about himself for three hours. And then finally, after three hours, he turns to his uh, his uh, friend and says, it's enough me talking about myself. No, let's hear what you have to say about me. <laughs> so uh, this was her matzav. And it was very difficult for her. So he suggested to her, I think this is the early 70s, to go visit the Lubavitcher Rebbe and ask him what to do. So she has been to therapy for many, many years, psychologists, psychiatrists, therapists, the works. And she had a whole huge long report on her state that she had one of the psychologists write up all of her problems, <laughs> all of her reasons explaining the source of her narcissism. So uh, I heard this from him. So he said he took the girl and they went to New York and she went in for a private audience with her ever and she gave him the report. Bhavachar Rebbe was a speed reader. He was a very interesting reader. He could read literally, it's not a guzma, he could read a page in around two or three seconds. So a person, I mean, I saw this myself, a person could give him uh, 60 or 70 pages, and he read it, Mamish, in a few minutes. And that's what happens. So he puts on his glasses, he takes the report, and he start, it was a pella how he did it, I don't know. It was some, uh, he read letters like this, and he mastered it. He, he, he got it. <laughs> So he starts reading the report, he goes through the whole report, and he looks up at her, and he says, so what's the problem? 
So she thought he was joking, you know, he, he didn't have time, you know, people, you give somebody 80 pages, right? Somebody comes to see me with 80 pages, like, you know, a good dog, right? <laughs> By my sabbatical, in 10 years when I take a sabbatical, I'll read it, but I'll probably then I'll have better things to read. So she thought he was just joking, you know, he was just being cordial. She says, what do you mean, what's the problem? You, if you want to read it, you have to read it. He says, I read it. I read it. I don't see the problem. So she, she was very upset. It's a ridiculous thing. She comes in so professionally, and he just dismisses the problem. She says, "Did you really read?" He says, "Yeah, I read. You could test me on it. I know what it says. I, I don't see the problem. Tell me what the problem is." She says, "The problem is my mother is this, and my father is this, and my grandfather is this, and my grandmother is this, and because of that, I'm like this, and I never got this, so therefore, I'm this." He says, that's your mother and grandmother, grandfather, great-grandfather, great-grandmother. What's your problem? She says, well, you saw. Because I didn't get this nurture, so I became like this. I have a voice. I have this. I can't look at other people. I'm always... She gets... Again, here you go again. This is what history... What's your problem? She says, my problem is that I am selfish. So he says, so don't be selfish. So again, she thought, uh, they said, okay, let's be practical. Where are you? How do they serve the meals, he says. How do they serve? She says, her smorgasbord. The girls go over, they take a plate. And, uh, so he says, by every meal, when people are sitting, go over to one table and ask all the people sitting at the table if they need anything from the smorgasbord. Somebody will say a napkin, a plate, a fork, a knife, a cup of this. First, they'll look at you a little strange. But you do it. And every meal, three meals a day, go to one table and go to the shmogas board and give people. He says, that means you're not selfish. You think about other people and you do things for other people. And then you won't be selfish anymore. So he says, I can't, I can't, I can't do this. I never did this. He says, if you want, you could. You're saying you're selfish. So I'm telling you, be not selfish. That was it. So she came out, and this was very strange to her. She went for years to therapy to figure out why she's a narcissist. And here she comes to this big rabbi, and all he can tell her is to go to the Shmogas board and give people napkins, and that's going to be the cure. So Rabbi Friedman encouraged her to do it. He told me he encouraged her to do it. He said, let's see. He knew how good advice it was, because how much resistance there was. <laughs> Whenever you're uncomfortable doing something, it means it's touching something very deep, even if it's small. So she came home, and to her credit, she did it. So first, everybody looked at her like Meshuggah, because she was the narcissist. You know, you know this is the narcissist. So they were very suspicious. But she was offering it, and she was giving people the food. And what happened was, after a week, their energy towards her changed. They saw her in a new way. They treated her in a new way. So she treated herself in a new way. And she literally became a new person. He said, you know, she, a few months after, she had a very good date. She got married soon after. She has a beautiful family now. I think she lives in Brooklyn, he said. You're Shalim in Brooklyn, I don't remember. So in many ways, these are two different approaches. Now, which approach is right? Is the right approach to go in and find out why you're narcissistic and try to weed it out? That sometimes very comprehensive, very thorough, and ideally that's the way to go. The chisarin is coming from somewhere. 
So let's figure out what your father told you when you were seven years old. <laughs> what your mother told you when you were eight years old, or two years old and three years old. Let's work on it for three years. And then hopefully you'll become a mensch. Is that an approach? Of course, it's a shit of Beishamai. And I believe that in modern psychology, since Freud, there have been different views, and Ad Hayoi Mazed is different views, whether focusing on behavior, focusing on psychoanalysis. You have Freud, you have Skinner, and you have a lot of different Mahalchem. You have the positive approach, Zeligman and others. But the point here is that the different shittas ultimately, I think, could be traced back here in the Kodotar to these two shittas. But Shammai says you got to deal with the Ra. Sur Meirava Seter. Basila says no. Instead of saying you're selfish and now finding out why, start doing good for people. And you know what happens? What happens is the Rebbe was intelligent enough to know that the 80 pages were not lies. He understood. But he understood that the key is that she should be able to live a functional life. He'll become another analyst and analyzer for another two years. The key was to help her. The key was not to be impressive or to explain the science of things. That's not, that wasn't his job. His job was to help her be able to live a happy life. So that's what Basilo says. Don't start, like the Tzvah says, don't start with sight. So you have to start with Nazar. Hi, there's still a sight in you. There's still a sight in you. You still are shtick, uh, like we learned in Taisvis. shtick tinev. There's a sight in you. So what are you doing? You could make fun of yourself. Make fun of yourself, but go to the Maila. Go to the Kalanova Chasuda. You have to be able to tell yourself that you're a beautiful person. And the main thing is to live like a beautiful person. And you know what happens? What happens is that Eid itself is Daichad Chayshach. Those are the two shittas. And in Avaidas Hashem it works that way. Do you first focus on the Ra? Do you focus directly on the Torah? And then what happens is, you see us, Yedalek, Ha'ayel, Piseach, that the Chigeris and the Summa will start leaping and will start, will start seeing. So now the Shaila is this. So I'm going to share something interesting. Beishamai accuses Beis Hillel of a lie. <coughs> Very sharp. He says, Which is like Emes, which says, Don't create the world. Beis Hillel, what did Beis Hillel say? Beis Hillel said that uh, The das of a person should be integrated with other people, and therefore when somebody asks you if the shirt that they bought, the suit that they bought, the tie that they bought, the shoes that they bought, are they ugly or beautiful? You should say they're beautiful even though you think they're ugly. The way everybody learns the Gemara, the way some people learn the Gemara is that Basil is basically saying, be politically correct and just say nice things to people even though you know it's not true and probably they know it's not true. But just let's keep it, you know, PC. And let's just say Kala Nava the most beautiful and talented Kala that ever lived. And Basil says, I'm not part of your game. I don't flatter people. I don't lie to people, I tell them the way it is. I'm not going to come to a chasen and say, oh, this person is blind, this person is lame, I'm not going to do that. 
I'm not a rush, I'm not cruel, but I'm not going to start saying and patronizing and flattering, you know. You ever hear Cheva Brachas, some Hespedim for the Chassan and the Kala, and then for the fathers? Every father is the biggest Balchesed who ever lived in Klal Yisrael. There was never, a, since Avram Avinu, there was nobody as nice in him. Every mother is the greatest, you know. What, what if somebody is not? Shine, what's the big deal? The Sheva Brachas had to go. That's the Seder. Sometimes, really, it's to a point of, uh, of Mias. I was once at a Sheva Brachas for a Shabbos, and uh, I, I really wasn't used to it. Uh, every speaker was speaking about the parents of the Chassan and the Kala. First of all, it was just... Uh, it, uh, besides, the, whatever they were saying, fine, MS or not, just the need for it seemed very strange to me. The need that this is what, uh, what it's for. Just like literally to you. Once a person dies, Mela, so they're dead, so they don't have to hear it. But just to sit through hours and everyone is going deeper into complimenting the other person... I don't know, I felt it was very uh, very primitive, very petty. But so Beishamah says, I'm not part of this game. But Be'emis, here we learn that Basil doesn't believe you should lie. Basil is just taking a different approach. Let's call it a more nuanced approach. So I'm going to tell you something I once heard. I was looking up, I wanted to see the source. Lubavitcher Rebbe once made a seal on Mesechta Chagiga. And he gave an extraordinary siyum. It was a yard set of his father in the early 70s. Chaf of Tav And he said that if you look through Shas, Beishameh and Beisilil have a pattern that go through Shas, and you see this pattern constantly in terms of an approach, two approaches. He gave many, many examples. I'm going to give you a few just to appreciate it here in this context. He went through all the six Dorim. Then he said there's really dozens of more, but he's just saying like six or seven. There's a Machlaikus in Mesech Brachas, Dafnon Aleph. What's the Nusach of Havdalah on, on the fire? Beishamai says, you say, Shabara Ma'ir Ha'esh. Beishilil says, Boire Ma'ir Ha'esh. So the Gemara says that, uh, what's the Machlaikus? Beishamai says, In a fire, there's just one color. What's the color of fire? What would you say? Huh? Reddish, okay. So, Hashem created the light of fire. Beishilil says, it's not true. There's many colors. A fire is red, yellow, orange, blue, black, white. Well, he'll know, right? So that's why you say Boirei Ma'oirei Ha'esh Ma'oirei Halach is like Beisil What's Pshat? Beishamai didn't know that in a fire there's a lot of colors <laughs> It's a Chiddush of Beisil A two year old knows it Look at it What's Pshat? It's very difficult How could Beishamai just say Chodon Ma'oirei Ke'be'nur Rabbi explained as follows Of course Beishamai says Knows there's many Ma'oirei Ke'be'nur The question is What's the Brach? According to Beishamai, Halacha looks at reality the way it appears. Like we say in Halacha, A Dayan has to judge based on what he sees. Beishamai believes that Halacha pays tribute to the reality that we perceive. When a person is enjoying a fire, there's a fire and we're sitting at a bonfire. So I say, oh, I'm enjoying the blue, the orange, the yellow, the white. I'm enjoying the fire! Beis Hillel says, no, halacha 
always focuses on nuances of reality. It seeks to appreciate the nuances of reality, and that's how it defines reality. Always dissecting it and disintegrating it, and dissecting it in the details. And therefore, the brach is, He says, the Gemara says in Masech Shabbos, that uh, two, uh, three Gentiles came to Shammai. Right? You know the story. Shabbos was a Daflamid Gimel. Shabbos, uh, Shabbos Daflamid Aleph. One Gentile comes to Shammai and says, teach me the whole Torah, only Torah Shabbat The other Gentile says, teach me the whole Torah, but I want to be a Kohen Gadol. <laughs> the third Gentile says, teach me the whole Torah, standing on one leg. In every situation, the Shammai takes his stick and says, Arais! Was you joking? The whole Torah on one leg? What, 30 seconds the whole Torah? And Basil sits down with each of them and teaches them. And at the end, all three come together and they say, you know, Bishamai threw us away and Hillel brought us Tachas Kamfi Ultimately, they all converted. What, what's, what's the Machlaikas? The Halach is we don't accept Gedim. We don't try to persuade people to become converts. When somebody comes and says, I want to accept Judaism, but not really. I don't want Ter Shabbat Pah. I want to become a Kayan Gadol. I want it all in 30 seconds. So Bishamah is right. He himself is saying that he's insincere. But Basilil accepts him. On the other hand, you're going to say that they were sincere because at the end we see they became real Gator. So why did Shammai uh, reject them? The answer is, Shammai viewed halacha in terms of being sensitive to the reality that you experience. People come and they say, a person comes, teach me all of Judaism standing on one leg. In other words, in 45 seconds I want to know everything about Torah. It's like somebody coming into your business and saying, teach me everything about your company in 30 seconds. <laughs> You're running this company for 25 years. You have headaches about it every day, every night. He wants to know it in 30 seconds. person comes in to a doctor, to a medical school, and says, teach me everything there is to know about medicine in 45 seconds. Okay, it's a mockery of the system. Teach me everything about science in 35 seconds. Teach me all of Judaism in 35 seconds. It's a religion of 4,000 years old. More books written on it than on any other system. So what do you want? So Beishamai says, out. This, this demonstrates that it's not a real Geras. Beis Hillel is very nuanced. Beis Hillel looks at it differently. He looks at it nuanced. He says, what they're saying is not necessarily what they're experiencing. They may not know what a Kohen Gadol is. They may not know what Teresh Pez. They may not understand what Judaism is. Beis Hillel is immediately sensitive to nuance. Because he's sensitive to nuance, he saw in their words something else. In Masech Techon, there's a machloikas, if you're allowed to have chicken and, and, and cheese on one table, on one tishtach. Beishamai says, you put it on one table, but you don't eat it. Beishillel actually is machmir in this case, loy oile v'loy nechel. You can't put cheese and, 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 uh, and chicken oif on one table. Why? Again, Beishamai says, I don't have a problem with chicken and, 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 and cheese on a table. What's the issue? He looks at it and he says, it's not a problem. The problem is not to eat it. What's the problem of having it on a table? Beis Hillel is always nuanced. He looks at things in terms of the cause and always in terms of the effect. He always analyzes and traces it back to the source. Not that Beis Shammai doesn't know there's a cause and an effect. But he says, Halacha views reality in a particular way. So Beis Hillel looks at it and says, bringing it up at a table is stage one. But there's a stage B, there's a domino effect. There may be a cause, a result. The result is people are hungry. People are addicted to food. People are not always have self-control. If you put it on the table, there's a chash, somebody's going to come to eat it. 
Take our Gemara. Ketzad Merakdin Lifnei Hakala. That's the Vark. Beishamai is saying it's a lie. Beishilul is saying to lie. No. no. Pshat is as follows. Beishamai says, Pashat al It's not Kalanova Chasuda. How could you lie? It's not Kalanova Chasuda. Find the Milas of this Kala. Halacha acknowledges reality as it appears. That is the reality we pay tribute to in the world of Halacha. Beis Hillel says no. Halacha focuses on nuance. Think, you came to somebody's wedding. Okay. You don't think it's Kalanava Chasuda, but one second. Does this Chasen think she's beautiful? What do you think? Rebosha. Huh? You think the Chasen thinks she's beautiful? Yeah. He's marrying her, yeah. He thinks she's the greatest girl in the world. At least we hope so. <laughs> At least let's hope he thinks so. <laughs> let's not come to a wedding thinking he doesn't think so. The Gemara says in Masech Tesaita that there's There's three things that have chen. One is chen isha al-bayla. A woman's chen is on her husband. So one second. You're coming to somebody's wedding. Take off your glasses. Put on the chosen's glasses for ten minutes. Take a look and say, wow, kalanova chasuda. Ah, you don't see it. Limkoimai doesn't only mean physical space, it means existential space. Don't judge people till you're not in their space. Space doesn't only mean space, I'm sitting in your chair. Space means your psyche, your weltanschauung, your way of looking at the world, your disposition, your character. The Svasemistaka says on that Mishnah, and you're never going to be in his space. And then what happens? It doesn't mean you become that person. It just means you can appreciate life in a more nuanced way. See things from another person's perspective. In a relationship, this is critical. Can you see things from another person's perspective? Or you can't. Some people just can't. This is how it is, and this is how it is. Maybe somebody has a different heart, a different soul. They experience everything exactly a different way. It's not so easy for people. Beis Hillel says, Halacha embraces that reality. So it's not a sheker. Yes, on one level it's a sheker. On another level it's not a sheker. From the chasen's perspective, it's kalanava chasuda. Beishamai says, halacha doesn't go into these details. From my perspective, halacha is a lie. Now talk about it spiritually as well. You're looking at a person. The person is locked up spiritually. Beishamai says, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. We're dealing here with serious filth. We're dealing here with serious toxicity. We're going to identify it. That's how we're going to work. Beishamai is right. Midas Hagvuri is right. What's Beishilil saying? Beishilil is not saying to lie. Beishilil is, is advocating a more nuanced, deeper look and saying, you're right. But we're going to choose to focus on that which may be unconscious at the moment. A person may not have access to it. That's what we're going to do. We're going to be focusing on the unconscious. We're going to be focusing on the Nova Chasuda. And by focusing on it, you help it come out. And when you help it come out, ultimately, it will prove to be right. One day, it will takabi na'ava chasud. This is the general two ashkafas of Bishamah and Somebody asked the question, why is it that Rizal brings, it's a well-known idea, that la'asid lavai, the halach is going to be like Bishamah, not like Bishamah. Today, the Gemara says, that halacha is generally like Beisilil to the point that the Gemara says Beishamay b'makam Beisilil ain't a Mishnah, meaning Beishamay instead of Beisilil, it's not uh, it's not even a havam in it. It's completely uh, Beishamay's view was completely rejected in most situations. 
Now we understand it. Because in the time when the Chitzonius and the Pnimius will reflect each other so then the Halacha could be like Beishama. Now that the Chitzonius and the Pnimius often don't match each other, the Halacha is like Beishama. In other words, when you say that Beishahilal is very nuanced in Halacha. So when you're dancing in front of a Kala, so Bishamai says, if she's a Chigeris or a Summa, if she's lame or blind, you can't say Kala Nova Chasud. says, put on the glasses of the Chasun and look at it from a more nuanced perspective. And then you can understand that since the Chasun believes she's a Kala Nova Chasudah, so that you can also say Kala Nova Chasudah. So even though you may not experience it from your vantage point, but you're coming to somebody's wedding, you should try to see reality from their vantage point. And therefore you could say Kala Nova Chasudah. And the same is true with all the other machlaikasin of Beishilu versus Beishama, where he maintains a more nuanced view. That has to be maintained when the outside and the inside don't mirror each other. So therefore, if you're going to go only according to the outside, only according to first impressions, you may completely lose the pnimius of the person. But in a time when the ex- ex- external and the internal mirror each other and reflect each other, then the halacha could be completely like there's no need for there to be the Allah like Basilo. Because Vinigla Kvaid Hashem, the Pnimius will come out into the Khitsainis. The same is true with what we're explaining here, the difference of Gvura and Chesed. Mitzad Midas Hagvura, which demands that you get rid of the Ra before you go into Asaitoiv. So again, La Asid in an ideal world, that will be the the, the situation to go. Basilo who says you have to start with Chesed, you have to start with good, even though there's Khoshak, because if you start with bad you may never get out of it, you may uh, get entangled in it, and stuck in it, and it may, you know, it may uh, turn you into, uh, it may get you, so to speak, down, and melancholy, and depressed, and so forth, so therefore, ignore somewhat of the chayshach, and start with toiv, and let the toiv banish the chayshach, that again, is somewhat of a compromise that we make in our world, because there's so much mixtures, and you don't want a person to get stuck in the skeletons, and the negativity, and so forth, but in an ideal world, of la'asid lover, you say fakert halacha kebeishamay because gvura will, gvura will, uh, will work. Just want somebody asked that I wanted a bavar in that. And the shleimah scene is another interesting machleik to beishamay and besilo. In in mesechta adios in the mishnayos and adios right in the beginning of the mesechta. It's a very interesting machloikas. Shammai says that kol hanoshim dayan shaitan, and Hillel says mepkida lepkida filaliyamim harbi, which means as follows: Shammai holds that a woman who experiences her blood cycle, so she sees that she's a nida. So basically, any let's say she touches a carbon after, let's say she touches truma. She touches uh, bread. She touches bread on the counter that's truma. It was baked by her husband, who's a kayan, or baked by her, right? So it becomes tame from when she sees the blood, because she's now a nida, until she's going to go to the mikveh. But what about, let's say she touched the challah in the morning. Let's say she touched the challah at 8 o'clock in the morning, and then 9 o'clock she sees that uh, the flow began. Is that challah tame? So Bishamay says no. Once she saw... That's when it becomes Tommy. Once she knows that she saw. 
Before that, it's all fine. She touched something last night, yesterday, it's fine. Ah, you could say maybe it started. Sometimes it can happen. A person doesn't know right away. It's tired. Hillel says, no. She's metame. All the tires that she touched from the time that she did the last tahir dikabdika. In other words, if she was boydik herself yesterday in the morning and she didn't see it, until then it's fine. But from after that time, then the last tahir dikabdika, it's tame. That's the shit of Bissel in the That's a very interesting machlaik. Shammai says, it's Shammai and Hillel themselves. Shammai says, kol anashim dayan shaitan. And Hillel says, the Gemara says, the Gemara in Nidah, right in the beginning of Nidah, asks the question, what's the Svara? Shammai says, Hamid Isha al the Isha becheskes Taira A person has a cheskes Taira. You assume a person is tired, you don't assume a person is bleeding. So a person is tired. Mainly, you have now a Suffolk, 8 o'clock in the morning. Is the Chala Tamar or not? I say she's tired. 9 o'clock, we know she's not. She knows she's not. Fine. But before that, I go back to the Chazak. Hillel says, no, 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 no. When do you say something has a chazaka and you assume the status quo, if there's no natural process where that changes. But here, it's a natural part of the biological process that a certain time every month, there is a change. There's a menstrual cycle. He says, it's not something superimposed on her suddenly. This is something that's part of the natural process of Mela. You don't say, go back to the chazaka. What's the chazaka? What's the chazaka? The chazaka is that till then she's tired, but 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 that changes inside a natural process. What's the, what's the what's the Shammai also knows that it's a natural process, but doesn't know it's a natural process. And and Basil also knows that it's not always. Shammai understands that, but he says that halacha embraces something the way it appears, the way it appears or it doesn't appear before somebody's eyes. So therefore. Daya Shaita. This man of Tumah is when she sees actually the blood in actuality, not earlier. There's no proof. Because there's no proof, clearly. There was no re'iyah, there was no seeing. So therefore you go back for the Chazaka and you say, listen, here I know this Tumah. Here I don't know this Tumah. Since I don't know this Tumah, and at some point, obviously, a person is tired, so Shammai relies on that. Hillel says, you never only rely on your eyesight, on Ein of Roy is what you see, whether physically or conceptually. You always have to be nuanced. You have to investigate the details. You have to investigate the circumstances. So he says, the fact that she saw now is a misuvah, it's a result, because there's a, something in the body. This is a begufa. It's an Indian TV by the, lady, by the woman. That's how Hashem created the biology of the body. So therefore, you cannot just say there's a cheskas tahara. There's an assumption of Tara, so therefore, misafik it becomes Tame. So again, here again, they both know both realities, but he says that halachil focuses on this and then not. So this explains why la'asid lavai, the halach is like bishamai, because la'asid lavai, there's a world where the outer and the inner don't have dissonance. And when the outer and the inner match with each other, so then you say dafka, dafka halacha kebeis shamai. Now we say halacha kebeisilo. The beautiful word from the Svasemis I saw once in Parshas Bereishis. Rashi brings Bereishis Borel lekimis hashemayim v'saret. Later it says Ela told us hashemayim v'aretz biyoyim asayis Hashem elikim eretz v'shemayim. But in Maisa Bereishis only shem elikim is mentioned. Only at the end, after thirty psukim, 
you have suddenly the name Yutke Vavke. So what's the reason for this? So the Gemara says, Chazal says, the Medrash says, not the Gemara, the Medrash says, and Nashi quotes it, everybody knows this. Betchila, Allah b'machshava, livriyas ha'olam b'midas ha'din. Roshayin ha'olam miskayim shittifim ha'midas ha'rachim. Initially, Hashem's plan was to create the world with midas ha'din, the attribute of judgment, which is shem alaykim. Resh is bara alaykim. He saw the product will not endure, nobody will survive. So he said, you know, we have to put in another ingredient. So he mixed into the chalant, so at the end it says, Hashem Okay, everybody knows this. Rashi brings it. That's the the contrast between the names Elikim in the beginning. The question is brought from before. Also, it's an obvious question. I understand a person builds a company, an organization, a movement, a show, a house with a certain plan. Ask any woman or any man who built a house in Muncie or anywhere else, you have a plan, you have a vision. And then when the contractor is already in the middle of it, you take a look, you say, it's not going to work, back to square one, which is why most Jewish construction sites continue for decades and sometimes for centuries. Got it. Anything you build, you have a plan, and then you say, you know what, not a good idea, it's not going to land, it doesn't look good, I'm not going to make money. So you change the plan. As the Svasam is Hashem knew what's going to happen. So he decided to create the world with Midas Hadin. And Roy, oops, I didn't realize. What did he think the Chatchilid is going to be Miskai? What, 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 what was the Havam in? So what there was Chas Vashalom Atos is that that can't be. If he's God, he's God. If he's not God, then he's not God. So what happened? That's number one. He says, number two, it says, Bereshis Bara Elekim. Doesn't say Bereshis Ratza Livrei Elikim or Ratza Elikim Livrei. Bereshis Elikim created. Chazal say Olva b'Machshava to create it b'Midas Hadin. Roshay Noila Miskayim. So of course, question number two answers question number one. That it's not Pshat. He created the Olva b'Machshava Livrei Midas Hadin, and then he created it, or he didn't create it. Roshay Noila Miskayim when before or after? It says Bereshis Bara Elikim. So the Svasemis says, Azai, very interesting answer. He says, this is not an issue of a mistake versus not a mistake. This is the plan. And the reason this is the plan is because he wanted that by a person there should be also the same plan. There's the Allah b'machshava of everything, and then there is the actualizing of it. Meaning as follows. When you go ahead and you plan something, you plan to do something. You mm. plan to create something. The way you plan it is that it should be absolutely impeccable and flawless. You plan to build a house. You plan to build a company. You plan to build a family. You plan to get married. You plan to build whatever it is you want to build, small or large. We always plan it with Midas Hadin. Midas Hadin means we want it to be perfectly Oizgahal. It should be impeccable. It should be flawless. It should be, it should clap in an excellent fashion without any mistakes, without any errors. That's the Olab Machshava. We dream of a situation that is the most perfected. At some point you see, If a person retains that standard, they will always destroy themselves. Huh? 
Why? Because there's no such a world. There's no such a thing. There's nothing that's perfect. Everything has problems. Everything has flaws. Everything has challenges. You can plan the greatest wedding in the world, the most beautiful mitzvah in the world. What's the first thing when you come home? The caterer put the fork on the right side instead of the left side. The napkin was the wrong color. The cup was. And this, he didn't have enough chicken. He didn't have enough of this. You always find what's missing. You always find what's missing. That's the fact. There's a famous expression of Chazal. The Medrash says, Really? Toiv is the angel of life. Toiv ma'oid, which means infinitely good. Ma'oid, b'chol ma'idecha, is malach ha'mavis. What's the malach ha'mavis? So, shat from Agresa Darshan once said, find a shot. He says, Toiv, the fact that you want things to be good, that's malachayim. That's the angel of life. Toiv ma'oid, if you need things to be perfect, now you're giving yourself a death sentence. This is Malachamavis. Perfection is the enemy of progress. People who wait for perfection will kill every dream and nip it in the bud. And a person who cannot live without perfection, this is a person who's sentencing themselves to a life of death in the sense that they could never be happy, they could never be content, they could never have some chasachayim because there's always something missing. No life is not something, no life is perfect. So the need for toiv ma'oid first of all, it kills the person because you're always feeling guilty. You're always feeling that your life is horrible. And also it kills the product. There's people who will not do anything until it's perfect. I remember I wrote my first article many, many years ago. I have my weekly essay. I send out by email. So I was quite young. And let's put it this way. I didn't get the best English uh, education in terms of writing. In terms of school, let's put it that way. So I wrote my first article. So somebody saw it. Somebody close to me saw it. I sent it out. And they said, you're not embarrassed? <laughs> you're not embarrassed to send out such garbage? <laughs> right? So if I would have listened to them... Such early encouragement. If I would have listened... No, they didn't mean it to discourage. It was just like an instinctive emotion of theirs. The word wasn't garbage, it's just, it's embarrassing. I think that was even better. <laughs> it's embarrassing. This mistake, that mistake. So uh, I grew up in a house of letters and words. My father was a journalist his whole life, so I wasn't planning on stopping. So I said, I'll find an editor to send it. So I found an editor to fix it up. And I made a lot of mistakes in grammar and diction and so forth. But if I would have listened to their advice, it, would have been, uh, it wouldn't have been a good choice. Because if you're waiting for toiv ma'oid, you will not do anything ever. I was once stavening in a shul in the old city of Yerushalayim, in the Tzemach Tzadik shul in the old city, uh, over there, in the Roy, by the Roiva. So uh, Rabbi Adin Steinzal davened there, Rabbi Adin Evan Yisrael, Shabbos morning. So it was his birthday, I think. So after davening, I went over to say Mazel Tov. So somebody came over to him, somebody closer to his age, he said, so on your birthday, you're probably making a cheshben hanefesh. So he said, yes. He said, did you make any big mistakes in your life? What are the big mistakes? You know, I guess it's an interesting question to ask somebody in shul. What are the biggest mistakes you made in your life? So he looked up and he said, uh, I made a lot, a lot of mistakes in my life. But the biggest mistake I made in my life 
the biggest mistakes I made in my life are the things I did not try doing because I was afraid to make a mistake. Those were the biggest mistakes. In other words, things that you did and you made a mistake, that's not the biggest mistake. The mistake is that which you, uh, you would have done, but you didn't do because you were afraid of making mistakes. So, toiv ma'oid, if that's the expectation, it's malacham avas. On the other hand, when you start off, you have to start off with midas adin. was telling every person, you create something with alikim, you create something with the highest standard possible. Always. You want it to be absolutely wonderful. But then you have to know in reality there's no such a thing. The world of idealism and the world of reality in our world, they don't perfectly match. They can't perfectly match. Because there's too many obstacles in the way. Everything gets stuck at some point. To have a seamless flow between the world of ideals and the world of reality, there's always a give and take. So, you have to be able to have compassion. Compassion on yourself, compassion on the people around you, compassion on the state of reality. So Bereshit's brother Lekim, he does this because that's by us too. The Allah b'machshava by every person is midas adin. But then shitif and my midas harachamim, in machshava din, and then in rachamim, in lepoyel shrash, I know elam eskayim, nothing could be, nothing will exist. If this is your standard, you'll destroy everything. You'll destroy everything. What's Beishamai? Huh? What's Beishamai? Beishamai is utopian, but what's Beishamai thinking? Saying halacha follows ideals. No, halacha kebeshila. Even now. Okay. That we already have a Gemara in Beitza. The Gemara says in Beitza, we just learned it earlier, a few, a few, when we two weeks ago. The beginning of the second parak of Beitza, the Gemara says, there was a very interesting machlek between Beshamai and Besila. Beshamai, the Gemara says, used to go Sunday, and he would see in the marketplace a nice piece of meat. And he would say it's Lakovit Shabbos. Monday he would see a nicer piece of meat. So he would say, Oh, this is Lakovit Shabbos, and he would eat up the first one. And then the whole week he would eat up the earlier one when he found a new one Lakovit Shabbos. So basically, call Shabbos. Everything was only Lakovit Shabbos because everything he was buying just for Shabbos. Elamai, I want this for Shabbos, I gotta eat up that one. Basilil had a different shit to the Gemara. It says, Derech Acheres Hoysaloi. What? Baruch Hashem. Today there's a nice piece of meat. It's for today. Monday is for Monday. Friday, I'll prepare for Shabbos. That's what the Gemara says. What's the Svar Samachlaikas? It's not a Stamas Svar Samachlaikas. Some Sofer writes in Gemara over there, and others write. The Malbim writes a different, it says in different Svarim. There's a Machlaikas in life. Beishamai says all of life is preparing the covered Shabbos. The Yom Shekulay Shabbos. It's all the covered Shabbos. In other words, that was his standard of life. And Bishilil said, Baruch Hashem Yoim Yoim. It's also a machlaikas in Masechta Sukkah. If you eat in a Sukkah, but Shulchanah is Betoich Habayis. Right? Your head and most of your body is in the Sukkah. You have a tiny Sukkah, so you can't fit a table. You know, these little Sukkahs, they, you put it up, you can't put the table there. So you have your chair in the Sukkah, your body in the Sukkah, but the table is in the house. And you take the food like this. Are you allowed to or not? So Beishamai says, no. The Shulchan also has to be in the Sukkah. And Beishilu says, no, it's fine. Even Shulchan Sukkah represents Sukkah represents 
Diras Arai, Sukkah represents, you know, Sukkah's David, Rachman, Yochaman, or Sukkah's David, Hanayfelas. You're in the embrace of, uh, you're in the embrace of the Rebbeinu Shalaylam. So therefore, Roshay and Ruboy and Shulchanay, it's all B'tai Chabayis. It's all Yom Shekulay Shabbos. Basilil has a different Mahala. So you're right. Beishamay is Midas Hagvura, and Mitzad Midas Hagvura, his perspective is extremely idealistic. And because it's extremely idealistic, so when it comes to Ketzad Merakhtan Lifneakala, he says the same thing. You do not bring in beautiful furniture. The house is not completely clean. You have to weed out all the thorns in your system. All the skeletons got to go out of the closet. All the demons got to be removed from the psyche. All the ghosts have to be eliminated and uh, nipped in the bud. And then you'll be able to bring out the glorious, majestic ruchnis that exist in a person. <coughs> this is Midas Adin. It's Midas Agur. It's very idealistic. It's very, it, it, it seeks ultimate truth. It seeks real perfection. And it seeks real avoider. What does Basilo say? Basilil, as he says, is Midas HaChesed. He says, you got to focus on the light. You have to focus on the halo and the hilal, Miloshin halo. You got to be able to say halo. You have to be able immediately to start praising. You have to bring out immediately the godless of a person and the godless of Hashem, and the two are connected. And that it's, even though you know that there's a lot of other stuff going on, and you could focus on that, but don't focus on that. Tune in immediately and accentuate the positive, the noble, the holy, the majestic, the good, the purposeful, and the sacred. And that's what, that should be your pri- primary focus according to B'Shalom. And B'Mele, there'll be Ma'at Oyer, will be Doiche the Choshech, and Dafka focus on the Oyer, and therefore, what do you dance in front of the Kala? You say, Kala Nova Chasuda, you focus on the beauty of the Kala, even though there may be other stuff, Chigeresaysuma, no, no, but there's an element that's beautiful, there's an element that's sacred, Chasuda, Bring out that the chesed elyon that 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 flows in her, like you said, chasuda versus chasida, and that itself will help bring out the state uh, the state of kala. Where Beishamai says no, chigeres suma, you got to deal with it. Midvar shaketircha, you can't lie. And Basilo says that even in this situation, you have to focus on, you should focus on the kala nava chasuda, and that itself will uh, will bring out the will bring out the positive in you. Did I answer your question? Probably not. Ah. Huh? What? That what? What do you mean? Nuzog, remind me, I don't remember. I've spoken a lot since then. So if you remember, <laughs> tell me. Like, I guess I'm just having a hard time with Beishamai too. But Beishamai Taka held a utopian view. Beishamai was a perfect world. That he fell the third world, he doesn't try and get to a perfect yeah, world. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hashem Rechaisa. Is Bishamah saying not to try and get to the most perfect world you can? No, in other words, it's Elo Bel Devil Kibchem. He's focusing, he demanded a much higher. He demanded a mitzvah uh, midas He was speaking the perspective of midas which demands a much deeper element of perfection and doesn't see another path as worthwhile, something that should be sanctified and embraced. Where Basilo says, "Take a look at the chasana." Basilo he says, "Chigeres you can't say this. 
Basilil says no, say Kalanava Hasuda. You know, it's a. Uh, you talk about a Jew and Hashem. It says always Hashem is the Chasen and the Jew is the Kala. So sometimes you look at a Jew and you see that the Jew is Chigeris Aisuma. Spiritually, I'm talking about. Lame, blind, blind in the sense of no vision, lame, no stature, no full spiritual, they're not erect. You know, Zaykov Kfufim, that's Chigeris. They're limping. They're limping. There's a spiritual weakness or Suma, there's a lack of vision. So Beishamai says, Kala Kamoshahi, you gotta call a spade a spade. <laughs> you gotta call a spade a spade. We don't lie, we don't flatter, we don't patronize. This is a Chigeris Suma. Find the Milos. You wanna talk about the Milos? Talk about the Milos. That's what Beishamai is telling us. Talking about the Nimshon. It's much more went beyond Halach also, right? Like, That's the point. This is Mahalachachai. You see, you see here in the Maimed, look at the third, that it's a Mahalachachai. Everything is Shomer Chaisov. Shuma. Everything is evaluated. Everything is measured. Huh? So you have to. Huh? Midah cheres It's a whole different midah. The Gemara calls it a midah. It's a different mahalach. So b'meila, you look at the way this Jew behaves, kala kamoshehi, and that's how you respond to him. What does Beis Hillel say? Beis Hillel is looking at the light. In other words, he's shining a light onto everything and to every person to be able to discover that which maybe doesn't meet the eye. To be able to discover a more nuanced perspective. So he says, one second. Take a look a step deeper. The Rebbeinu Shaloylam purchased this Jew. He purchased this Jew. He chose this Jew. He chose him. So therefore, the fact that I don't see it, the fact that the Chosen Hashem chose this Jew as the Kala, Means it's a kalanova chasuda. I bechitzayni superficially. You look at a person and you say, eh, "Where's the beauty? Where's the depth? Where's the majesty?" So Basil says, If you'll be integrated with another person, if you'll understand the nisyonis of another person, if you'll understand the circumstances of their life, if you'll understand their background, if you'll understand everything they go through, then you'll be able to look at them and say, "Kalanova chasuda." But if you don't have that perspective, you just look at them, you say, well, this is a blind Jew. This is a lame Jew. So Beis Hillel says, go a step deeper. Don't think about yourself. Think about God. God is crazy over this Jew. You're not. Okay. So maybe put on the Rebbeinu Shalom's glasses. Maybe look at it from a different perspective. Go a little deeper. And then you'll see it doesn't. It's not because he's naive. He's not naive. He's not naive. The chassan, the guy who comes to the chassan is not naive according to Bishama, and he's not lying. He's just more nuanced. He's taking a light, a hilo, a, a light, and he's shining it. And when you shine it, you see life is multidimensional, life is complex, life is nuanced. People go through a lot of journeys and experiences. But Hashem chose him. If Hashem chose this kala, this kala must be beautiful and extraordinary and amazing. Even if, for my taste, I'm having issues. Okay, fine. So I cannot see it from every. Uh, I cannot see it from every angle. I can't see it from every perspective. It's a gavaldik of art of Basil. Sometimes you look at a person, you look at a child, a teenager, a person, a, a young man, a young woman, no difference age, and you see something that may be negative. <clears throat> so you say this person is either lame spiritually or blind spiritually. And I can't have a contact with this person. 
So what's Beisilil saying? Al tabit al mareyu. Don't look at something only with ene bosser, with eyes of flesh. If Hashem shows him lokach mekach min Hashem shows this Jew, it's a kala no of a chasuda. Don't detach. Don't disengage. You have to be able to look a little, little deeper. And beshami b'makim beisilil ene mishnah. You have to be able to see the pnimius. Then. In a world when the pnimius will be revealed, then halacha can be In a world when the pnimius will be revealed in the chitzoni, then halacha can be Why? Because the external will reveal the internal. Once the external reveals the internal, then there's no conflict. There's no distinction between the two. So then it can be halacha can be shamei. Now we say elav elav divrei elakim chayim. Why elav elav divrei elakim chayim? Because we have to know the shit of b'sham. Even though la halacha we say halacha can be that's why in the song they didn't put in the shit of Beishamah, they just put in Kalanova Chasuda. You have to know the shit of Beishamah. Why do you have to know the shit of Beishamah? Because first of all, a person has to be honest with themselves. Second of all, there's certain times that you have to have the shit of Beishamah. A person can't always focus only on the good. Sometimes you have to challenge the negative and you have to tackle it. If not, it's, it's too, uh, you have to neutralize the bomb. It's too, it, sometimes too toxic. So sometimes there's an uh, an element, uh, an element like Bishamah. So that's why we say Elu Ve'Elu Divrei Elokim Chayim, even though Halacha Kebesilu. I'm not sure that Bishamah is not idealistic and Bishamah is idealistic. I think a more nuanced way of saying it is that Bishamah is Midas Hadin, and it's at Midas Hadin. You always look at what's wrong, <laughs> and with admitas hachesed, you look at what's right. It's not that Beisil is not idealistic; he's also idealistic, but he gets there in a he gets there different he gets there in a different direction. And uh, there was a professor, Abraham Joshua Heschel, interesting man. So he has a sefer called Kotsk. He wrote in Yiddish two books, brilliant books. So he wrote the difference between the Baal Shem Tev and the Kotsker Rebbe was as follows. The Baal Shem Tev in every bad saw the good, and the Kotzker in every good he saw the bad. <laughs> so the Baal Shem Tev, wherever there was bad, he found the good. And the Kotzker, wherever there was good, he found the bad. You know, he found it's still selfish. It's still Kotzker Rebbe said that the Yitzhahara comes into a Jew even right when he dies. What's the what does the Yitzhahara say? Right before you die, in the last breath, the Yitzhahara is there. What does the Yitzhahara tell you at your last breath? Yitzhahara says, "There's people around you. Don't just die, Stam." Die with a nice Shema Yisrael. Because <laughs> that's the Yitzhar. <laughs> For generations, they'll talk about how Zaidi died. You know, he said Shema Yisrael and he died. He says, so that's the Yitzhar. <laughs> you understand? He wanted to show that in every idealism, there's narcissism. So, I mean, so that's, that's the Nakuda of Beshamay. So they're both idealistic. He focuses on this, he fo- and they're both right. They're both right. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.